Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speak of the Devil with me, Josh DeVillier. Today, I'm joined by a man whose work on YouTube spans almost a decade across five different YouTube channels. His main channel, Lasers, currently sits at 156,000 subscribers, with over 43 million views on that channel alone. He has since co-founded As Always Entertainment and the Four Pillars Network. He's a self-proclaimed epic gamer and has now set his sights on breaking the world record for the fastest speed run on Assassin's Creed 1. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Welford. What's up, James? Oh, man. It's good to be here. Um, that was one hell of an intro. It's got to be said. Jesus Christ. Thank uh, you. Tyler said the other day when he was uh, when he was on, he was like, oh, it was kind of weird when uh, Josh introed me and was reading off all these things that I've done. Like, I didn't realize I've done those things. And like, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Well, you know, it's important to me that if I have a, a guest on that I value, uh, I don't want to waste their time, you know, so trying to give trying to give you guys sure. good treatment um yeah well but you. i know you're a busy guy so thank you for taking the time to talk to me and uh how have you been doing how's everything going yeah everything's pretty good yeah I, like you said i'm busy but uh always busy so i, I said uh before that uh, i'm trying to do a bit more stuff with the community so like uh, this year i sort of said to myself look if someone from the community uh once you once you're on their podcast just say yes just do it make time <laughs> um and figure it out so um yeah this is a good start i guess well yeah we'll talk about what's going on with the four pillars network and and your channel a little bit later but i wanted mm -hmm. to bring it back to your early days on youtube first um sure. your first video on lasers was uploaded march 27th 2011. Mm -hmm. two months later you uploaded a video called assassin's creed revelations recap and that blew up right mm. so yeah, how did yeah, it yeah. feel only two months into your YouTube career, having a video with 200k views. Oh man, I don't even know. It's so weird to think back to then. I guess I was like excited, I guess. Cause I mean, when I started, like I never really expected to get views. I don't even remember like looking at the view count really. I just remember doing it. And like, if I had like two people watching, I was like, oh, I've got an audience. Right. Um, so I guess when that video blew up and like, it wasn't even my video, it was my brother's video. Um, because we, I mean, we sort of shared the channel originally. Like, we both were on this Assassin's Creed 1 Let's Play that I did. And then he sort of stopped wanting to record with me. Because, like, I mean, he was so much younger at the time. Um, but he made, like, a little fan-made trailer. And I put it on my channel because he didn't have his own channel at the time. Um, and then, yeah, it just did blow up. And it was just, like, kind of crazy to see those views on there, I guess. Um, did it change yeah, anything about back. your approach to YouTube or... You know, were you just um, happy to do the same thing? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it changed anything. I think it, everything was just the same. I, I, I genuinely don't remember. I don't remember if I even looked at the views and thought anything of it. I guess, I guess it was cool, but I don't think it was like I don't think it ever. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that view count now would mean more to me than it did then. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So I had Tyler on last week, and he said that the reason that he started uploading videos on YouTube was to practice film production before he headed off to college. Right, right. So yeah. were you focused on delivering quality content on YouTube, or was YouTube part of a larger goal for you? Uh, I guess I just started sort of... I, I mean, I watched a lot of YouTube when I was a kid, so <clears throat> there was a lot of creators that I really enjoyed watching, um, smaller and larger ones, like I've... I like watching like Tobuscus's uh, like video game let's plays, or uh, there was a, a smaller YouTuber called Sleeps Blue that I used to watch. He only had about two thousand subscribers, but I really really loved his stuff. He did like this playthrough where he went through Red Dead Redemption One, 
Um, it was just so entertaining. I was like, it's so cool how you can sit and watch someone play through their experience of a game and it feels like you're just sort of on the journey with them and just having fun. And I, I was like, I would love to do that. And like, obviously I was like 13, 14 um, and uh, I, I sounded like a fucking eight-year-old, but <laughs> it was just something I wanted to do, I guess. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll do what I can do with this, you know, shit equipment that I've currently got um, and just sort of decided to do it, I guess, because I just thought it was fun. I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. Well, and, yeah, and back then no one was really yeah. streaming, so that was kind of the only way people mm. could share their gaming experiences, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Streaming wasn't huge back then, so it was... You only had, like, a select few of people, select, like, handful of people that were streaming, so, yeah, it was... That was super rare, so it was, yeah, just getting those those Let's Plays out, and I, I felt like I had something to add because the first thing that I did was... And it's weird because I went back to it, you know, years later, but assassin's creed was the first thing that i did it was like my go-to because i guess i thought well i know a lot about these games so i'll play through them and give my opinion as i'm going through um sort of leading up to the release of uh, revelations and uh yeah it was just sort of fun to do and a few people joined me for the ride i guess they could look past the fact that i sounded like an like a literal child um and just enjoyed you know someone that also really loved the game that they loved as well um and that was just quite fun, I guess, for me. I enjoyed always doing it, but I always took it really seriously. Like, even though it was just a hobby and I was just having fun with it, I always took it really seriously. I guess I can never really do anything that I enjoy halfway. I always like to go all in with things. And I guess that was sort of what built up um, turning it into a career, I suppose, that even when I was just doing it for fun as a kid, I really did take it seriously for some reason. Yeah, well, I think that's a good thing. I, that's something that I've had mm. to get used to with this podcast is... I mean, I take it seriously as well. And I think sometimes I'm overly critical of myself when right, yeah, people yeah. listening don't really care about some of the mistakes that I hear when I'm going back through it and editing and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you don't want to half-ass your your hobby or your content that you're putting out. Mm. But you're are you 25 years old? I'm 24 this year. 24. Okay, so if you were uploading in 2011, you were mm-hmm. a freshman in high school? Well, yeah, I mean, we have a different school system here, so I don't really know what that means. Um, so in, so uh, high school. school would be ninth ninth grade. Right. Is it, I don't you... know, yeah, I don't know what <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I have no idea what American school systems are like. So um, I started when I was, I mean, for I mean, for English people, when I was, how, how old was I when I started uploading? It was before my 14th birthday. So I would have been, uh, I guess, I just year eight, year nine. Um is yeah. What it would have been yeah, a, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, th- um, I mean, question is the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. was there was there people? Um, was it ever difficult making videos, knowing that your peers might see them and judge you for it? Or and was oh, there ever man, like yeah. an anxiety that would you'd be potentially like kind of outcast for making like gaming videos? Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I. I think as a kid, I was always, I never, I, I mean, it's even now, like, I don't get embarrassed easily. Um, so it was never something that I hid. So I, I never felt like I had to, no one could know that I made videos. Like everyone knew that I did um, and would watch them and stuff. But I think the difference is, I guess, I don't know, I, I think I was quite confident in, in my content in the early days. And like, I still obviously am, but like, I think I just never, and like, when I look back, it's no good. It's all bad. But at the time, I guess I was quite proud. Uh, quite proud of it so it i guess people did make fun of me a lot like it happened fucking often 
right. but I just kind of shrugged it off as like he's just being a dick because like I it never made me second guess myself like oh man do I imagine making shit content like this sucks like everyone doesn't like it I'm like well you know I have pe- some people that watch me and I enjoy doing it and I think it's good so fuck these people I guess I was always quite confident in myself in that way did your parents ever try to deter you from making videos uh not not deter me but I guess when I was like uh how old was I uh, 16 17 was just before my YouTube channel got like actually started picking up traction to a point where I was able to do it full time um my parents were were I guess concerned that I didn't really have any other goals I suppose and it's difficult for like you know uh, I guess you know the older generations to understand that from my perspective I knew what I was doing and like I was at a point where I was like I can turn this into a career I just really need to work for it um and they didn't get that uh until i you know once once you start bringing money that's when your parents get it they're like oh you're actually making money from this so <laughs> yeah. it makes sense now. that's what that's what parents um, care about yeah exactly and it you know it comes from a place that they they want you to do well they want you to be secure and happy they don't want you to be in you know financial difficulty and so i get that so i get completely when they were like you know you need to be you know looking at what are you going to do next what job are you going to get like what are you going to go and study and it's like I completely get that and that's one of the reasons why i ended up going to college for two years because i thought well i'll keep my parents happy because i'm going to be uh studying uh something that's you know within the industry i did games design for two years um and uh they you know were happy with that and at the same time i was putting all of my free time into youtube as much as i could and that's at the same time i was you know we were building up uh the podcast and doing kill connor clubs every every other week and everything and so everything was just sort of building up and building up and building up and by the time i finished college um i was at a point where like i said i said to my parents like look give me a year uh, just to work on this and i promise that i'll be somewhere then and by that point i was and i just kept going and going and going so um it turned out well but yeah they were always supportive of me but always concerned because they wanted you know the best for me you know so you said you went to uh uni for game design right uh yeah well i mean it, well it wasn't uni it was so in the uk uni and college are two different things so college uh, is like gotcha. a it's like a it's a higher education you can do a levels there or you can do other courses um as i'm not going to explain the whole fucking uk school system <laughs> confusing, but, um yeah i did yeah two years of game design at college yeah okay so do you think that that gave you a uh, like a, a more more of a critical eye when you're uh reviewing games or or playing them oh uh, yeah maybe i never really thought about it i something that i learned a lot at college was i learned a lot of uh, after effects that was a quite quite a useful skill that I actually picked up to be able to implement into videos and stuff was uh, learning a lot of After Effects and motion graphics stuff. Um, in terms of like like critical thinking, I don't know. I think I just picked that up by being an idiot for so many years and like looking back at my old takes and being like, "Wow, I'm a fucking idiot." Um, wow, <laughs> you said the AC movie was good. Great, great one, dude. Um, but yeah, I think the college was like it was such a weird one. We had so many different courses. Like we did uh it was like one that was all about programming and we had to learn coding and i barely remember any of that it was a fucking nightmare um we did i had like an art class so like part of it was like art so i guess it was based on like the like sort of concept art but like it was just drawing and painting and like i'm fucking dreadful at art so that was uh it was a miracle that i even passed that class um and yeah i think there's some skills i picked up but not necessarily critically thinking of games i guess we didn't really we didn't even really talk about games much. It's fucking. It's a weird, weird time. That's interesting. So I was uh, trying to research a little bit about Horsey and Fox because honestly, I'm not too mm. familiar with Horsey and Fox. But 
that's a channel you and your brother stream games. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when was Horsey and Fox started, and <clears throat> can you just talk about like how that came to be? Oh yeah, um, Horsey and Fox. So yeah, so in oh this is such a weird story for anyone that doesn't know it. It's so fucking strange. But w- in 2015, I I ended up so over the course of 2014 and 15, I ended up with several copyright strikes on my channel for. I think it was, like, for covering news on Assassin's Creed, I accidentally, like, did things that were, like, I shouldn't have covered it because it was, like, a leak or it was an exclusive from another channel. I didn't realize because I was new to everything. Um, but I ended up with strikes, and I got to this point where I got demonetized for, like, six months. Um, and so I couldn't make any money. Uh, so I, was, I wasn't I was sure what to do. Um, and I ended up creating something that only a select few people probably remember, which was Lasers Network um and it was a place where it was sort of i would make content on there i would stream on there and so would like people that i knew but also like community members could submit videos and i'd just put them on the channel so that way people would get exposure it would be a place for the community but also i can i could like try and make a little bit of money so that i wasn't earning completely nothing um and it was everyone seen behind it it was like quite quite an interesting concept it failed miserably and was just just yeah a disaster but um is there any reason for that i mean i guess i didn't really i didn't really go into it knowing what i was doing and like i was still a kid basically i was like how old was i I was like 18 um so i didn't really know what i was doing and i just sort of uploaded every video that got submitted it was just this clusterfuck of different videos it wasn't marketed very well i yeah, I just, I mean, it was those early days. Like, I wasn't really used to, like, running anything properly other than my own channel. Um, and we'd only just started doing, like, um, Kill Connor Clubs. And they weren't weekly at that point or bi-weekly. They were, you know, every every so often whenever we felt like doing it. Um, so I just didn't really have any experience. And it just kind of, yeah, there was just no consistency or commitment there, really. So it just sort of failed. But, um but in doing so, that's what led to the birth of Horsey and Fox, because on Lasers Network, when I when uh, the lead-up to Syndicate was happening, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I played through and streamed every single Assassin's Creed game. Um, and George, my brother, joined me for the end of Revelations, and everyone, we had such a good time. Like It was just so fun, and everyone had such a good time that he then joined me for Assassin's Creed 3 as well, and then 4, and subsequently all of those leading up to Syndicate. And we had such a good time doing those. We were like, why don't we just stream games like this all the time? Because the concept of it was I stream as much as I can of like an Assassin's Creed game every Saturday until the release of Syndicate. Um, and so we were like, well, why don't we do that every Saturday? Why don't we just you know, just play through a game, just find a game and just play through the whole thing in one sitting and just do a really long stream every Saturday? Um and we started doing that for a bit and then we were like the brand lasers network is we don't, I don't even upload anything to this anymore it's just us streaming why don't we change the title um and obviously his name's longer fox my like animal thing was a horse because uh it was just like a meme from the old days and so uh we just were like fuck it let's just be horsey and fox and let's rebrand the whole channel and so we did it and then we just started doing streams all the time and we were doing it tuesdays and thursdays uh shorter streams in the evening and then saturdays all day playing through games and just having a fucking laugh and it just became this accidental like insane thing that people in the community just absolutely love every time we announce that horsey and fox come back everyone's like fuck yeah this is gonna be sick Uh, everyone just shows up and we just have a good laugh so it's it was it was a complete accident but it was yeah probably one of the best accidents i think yeah and then like i mean the failure of lasers network 
you had to have taken something from mm-hmm. it because now you've started Four Pillars Network. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's pretty cool that, we, like, the concept was there with Lasers Network, and we just sort of, I guess, did a similar thing. Although everything's a lot more professional, and we know what we're doing, and we're like, we're not going to upload every single submission we get from community members. We're just going to look at people in our community and the content creator friends we have, and who can we work with, and who who would make a good fit and so you know working with eddie and sheps and then jack and joe um has been you know great choices and i look forward to expanding you know in the years to come and see where we go with it but yeah yeah definitely sort of an evolution i guess of the lasers network like this yeah so the as always podcast has been running for i mean almost five years now right yeah, Since two thousand yeah. two thousand sixteen, too many years uh well it seemed like mm-hmm. you've been growing a little bit tired of doing podcasts every week how did you reset during that kind of Christmas break, New Year's break? And yeah. did the Four Pillars Network play a role in kind of like rekindling your enthusiasm? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think yeah, maybe like a mix around in the new year sort of, uh, sort of like sort of made me feel like I was, yeah, I was ready to go again. Um, because, yeah, we've been doing podcasts. I mean, if you count the original, original Kill Connor Club, we've been doing them since 2014. So um, it's a, a long fucking time that I've been working with Tyler. Um, and I think, like, removing Cinema Room, because it just became this weird chore for us. It was like, why do we even do this podcast? So removing that was probably good. Um, then we've got, like, you know, over the years, you know, even in, like, 2020, we've streamlined the the main podcast obviously changed the name now being as always podcast um feels like it was always that but streamlining that like that and the way that we do it and then clubhouse and i don't know i just feel like everything's a lot a lot more streamlined a lot more consistent now and i'm just having a good time doing it and also i think really a big thing that made me just feel like i was way happy podcasting again was the fact that i don't have to edit any of them so getting uh i read it to josh to to do the to do the editing on as always podcast i only ever edit clubhouse and like that's so easy i just throw it into fucking editing software make sure that audio sync then just render the whole thing out because it doesn't take any editing um and then ethan does four pillars podcast so it's yeah so i think that was a big thing because it was so time consuming editing as always podcast uh what? making sure that we cut any issues or making sure the relevant stuff showed up on screen and all that stuff so i think that was a big thing yeah, and those podcasts were long. I mean, you guys, like, back mm-hmm. in the day, it would be, like, three, four hours. Oh, my God, yeah. I don't know how the fuck we ever did a four-hour podcast. <laughs> but I guess I guess it was when we were getting to know each other. So we were just sitting down and just having a chat. And we just sort of forget we were recording and just, like, talking about normal shit and just getting to know each other as just people. So I guess we could just go for that long. It was just, like, two mates having a chat. But now we just fucking hate each other. So we want to get it done right, as soon yeah, as possible, yeah. ideally. It, like, any, yeah. like any good relationship, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so over the years, you've grown in popularity. You've taken more of a more more and more of a role in the public eye. Um, people pay more attention to what you say, and at times you've been criticized for saying things that may be over the top. And you know we've mm-hmm. all said dumb things before. But mm-hmm. I was wondering what advice you would give to someone who may be dealing with criticism or, or the spotlight of the public for the first time. Hmm. Interesting. I think. I mean, back when I first started like gaining an audience, I guess I it was it was gradual for me, so I could slowly build up this sort of understanding of what it felt like. Um, but there's still points where you go from having you know you check your YouTube notification. Like I used to check. I remember on like YouTube, you've got like this little bell at the top right, and every time you got a comment, that bell would add a little number to it. 
And I, I remember I used to be able to go through all those and manually check every single notification. Um, and it would always be exciting when there would be a new one because I'd be like, oh, there's a new comment or something. I can go and see what it says and reply. Um, and as I got more people watching me, it became increasingly more difficult to do. And I could do it even in like 2014. I remember used to, I used to sit at college um, and rather than you know doing the work or listening to what was going on, I guess, I, I was going through those notifications and replying to every single comment. Because um, <clears throat> I used to be able to do that. It's kind of crazy actually. But um, these days, I guess it's so difficult to do. But I guess... I guess I slowly sort of learned how to deal with criticism. And I think it took me a long time because I went through this phase in like 2016, 17. It was like my super edgy phase where I tried to pretend like I didn't give a shit about criticism. Like, I don't fucking care. You just, you just annoyed at me. That's epic. Like I trolled you, but like I did care and it did piss me off a lot. Like I, when people used to say things that were just completely wrong about me or like, they would just like take a point that I made and just be like, oh, you said this. And I'm like, I didn't fucking say that. It would really piss me off. Like these days, I really don't care about what people say. And like, it's, it, I, it's something that's really difficult to, to, to learn. Cause I remember Tyler would be a bit more like, hey, I just don't fucking care. Like, why do you care so much about these comments? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I care. I, I can't explain it, but it did used to bother me. Um, and I guess it's because you'd have no way of like talking to this person and being like, look what you're saying is not right um you're just talking shit but you can't do that so you're just like stuck like wow this person just just hates me for no reason and they've just what they're saying is just not true um so it just i guess it just comes with experience there's not a lot i can really i don't think there's any advice i can give with regards to that you just sort of learn and i think it can be more difficult for people that gain popularity very very quickly um like you've seen i don't know whether i said this on uh the as always podcast but the i don't know if you've seen like the whole assassin's creed sisterhood movement and everything yeah um yeah 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 those people obviously they're doing their thing and that's cool but i I feel like they're not equipped to deal with so much attention so quickly and you see them very frequently they'll be tweeting like they'll be quote tweeting every single criticism that gets thrown at them or screenshotting a bunch of tweets and being like a big like thread about why why this person shouldn't have said this thing and it's like i get it when you when you get such a when you go from like just being in your community to having this huge popularity and so many eyes on you and so many people giving you support but also so many people talking shit about you it can be difficult to manage that um because you're not used to it and so you end up just like spending all of your time trying to debunk the criticism and give throwbacks or uh, like comebacks and stuff and it's like you can't spend all your time doing that like i think my biggest advice would just be you need to ignore some of that shit like just I d- it's difficult to do but like once you ignore it you feel so much better just don't engage with like criticism that's like really like aggressive and shit and just makes you feel bad um because it's not there's no point yeah and well what's annoying about it too is the more you engage with people who don't care about you they just want to talk shit mm-hmm. the more it kind of invites it on you yeah for sure yeah because people know then they're like oh you, you fucking respond to this we can just have an argument um, yeah exactly and it's it's like you'll see there's this one guy i follow on twitter uh hmk makes kingdom hearts uh, legend of zelda videos and stuff he always gets into arguments with people on twitter all the time just these just nobodies they're just these random people that are tweeting him like oh here's why you're wrong it's like they're just they're idiots but he's always he'll just quote tweet them and then all of his followers will start attacking him and then he'll quote tweet him again and it would just be it's just a mess i had to unfollow him because it's just a disaster um but yeah don't don't do that don't be that guy 
Dude, I saw I saw you uh, respond to someone who <laughs> you were talking about the Micro St. Jacksons mm-hmm. in uh, Assassin's oh, Creed yeah, Valhalla, yeah. and I remember listening to the As Always podcast about why microtransactions are a bad idea when the game is built around it. Mm. And then the that guy's comment was like, Yo, you just missed... Or, or he said exactly what you said that they would say, right? He was mm. like, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Oh, man. And that I, argument, I, yeah, I guess, I guess you kind of have to respond to people like that. It's just... Some people just don't get it. Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, man, I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's... It's. I try to not respond to criticism about myself, but anything else, I'm like, oh, I'll engage with you because this is like a, just a discussion for me. Like, I don't. Right. There's no. I have no personal stake in this, but like, I'll discuss. I'll debate with you uh, about this thing. But when you're like talking shit about me, it's like, nope, I've got to just completely ignore it because this is going gonna go nowhere. Well, every now and then, uh, you and some other members of the community will do charity events. So mm-hmm. the last one you did was Gamers Against Cancer. Is that correct? Yes, it was. So, could you talk a little bit about the specifics of those streams and how everyone plays a role? And do you have another charity stream planned anytime soon? Mm. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, charity streams are always super fun. This community always does bits, raising money for charity and everything. It's always good fun. Um, for Gamers Against Cancer, it was something that Ethan wanted to do. Uh, like, he came to all of us and was like, this would be something that I'd be interested in having you guys do. And we were like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll get on board with that. Um, obviously, because his mum recently... Uh, went through uh you know having having breast cancer and having to deal with the treatment for that and everything and tyler's had that in his family as well with his um grandmother and his his mother as well uh so it was something that was personal to us as a, as a group um so it was definitely uh, good for us to do it felt good to be doing something that felt personal i feel like that's something we've always done is always tried to pick charities that are personal to us like whether it was like the australian um bushfires or um, I, I was raising money for my local, uh, like, um, bloody dog place, dog shelter place, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it, it, we've always done, like, personal things. Like, for the 24-hour streams back in the day when I used to do those, 2014, 15, 16, uh, and then I think it would be one of 17 as well. Uh, like, raising money for the, uh, uh, the ICU at my local hospital where my grand was, uh, and it was, like... They, they, they don't have a lot of funding and the aftercare is, is, is good, but they don't have a lot of funding for it. So we wanted to fund that. And so that was always good to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always good to get involved and do that shit. And I think our community does a good job. And moving forward, we, got, we have a couple. Um, we want to do another uh, Gamers Against Cancer, but like against, we want to do one for raising money for um, research into Alzheimer's because that's something that's hit Ethan's family. Um, and I think that'd be a good one to do. Uh, but also, I did get an email recently from the animal shelter that I did a charity thing for a couple of years ago for the, with the, with the AC Marathon, uh, and they said, you know, due to COVID, they're they're really they're they're really struggling. Um, and if I was thinking of doing any charity streams this year, they'd really appreciate if that I considered them. And so I'm thinking I I'll definitely do something for them um because they were really appreciative last time and they also sent me a little picture of a dog looking real sad so i was like well i've, I've got to do it now so yeah they got um you yeah for sure so that'll be cool uh to, to get into that and i'm sure i'll get some of the pillars involved for for my stuff and then we'll all get together at the end of the year for this this other one that ethan wants to do but yeah there's there's always there's always charity stuff to be done and it's always really nice to do so um yeah it's, it's good it's nice to use your platform for good stuff like that and yeah i always enjoy it yeah it's amazing and uh, like honestly every time i see it 
I get really excited to be a part of it. And I think that that goes mm-hmm. for a lot of people in the community yeah. and even outside of the community, right? Like people want to mm-hmm. do good things for people, especially for charity or cancer, Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's yeah, just a really sure. good, exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. But aside from the work that you've done in the past, I just want to talk about a little bit about the future. Um, mm-hmm. I think what stands out to most people about your work on YouTube is just the sheer amount of work you put in. Your retrospectives mm-hmm. are like three to four hours long. Yeah. To quote Tyler's, simply too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't imagine like how much time you spend editing and trying to make it as good as it could possibly be. Um, mm. you, you have a girlfriend now. You have one of the most adorable dogs I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Is you. it harder for you now to keep up with the different things that you do, or is it just part of the process? Uh, God, I think, if anything, maybe it's easier. I don't know. I, I guess I'm into it now. So, uh, like, yeah, I mean, you, you go through these periods where you just, like, stress as fuck trying to get stuff out. Like, I guess when I was doing the Wisher 3 retrospective last year, I was just like, how am I ever going to finish this? It's insane. It's just too long. The video's too big. Um, but then I did it, and it felt good. Um, and I guess I'm just sort of used to it. I guess, like, moving out from my parents' uh, house at the end of 2019 was good for me got my own little space and office so it was you know it's easier to work and feel there's a separation between work and everything outside of that um so yeah i think that just slowly i guess i'm able to just adapt better and how i am now i think i just i just get into like a routine of being out of doing i guess it's easier i guess with covid so that i can't really fucking do anything um i don't know how i actually would do half the shit i've been doing if i was able to just like do normal things is um, the is the UK in lockdown right now, or is it just kind of normal yeah, COVID yeah. life? No, we're we're in lockdown again. Gotcha. Um, we have been since like mid January. I don't remember when it was, but yeah, we we ended up. So we were in like a really kind of harsh lockdown before Christmas, and then they opened everything again for like just over like a couple of days over Christmas, which doesn't make any sense. But right. they did that, and then in January we went into lockdown again. So yeah, we're all and we don't know when we're coming out of it. So yeah, it's it's fucked. Everyone's just yeah, it's a nightmare over here. Yeah, it's you. I mean, you like to assume that everybody is doing their part to get rid of the virus. Uh, mm, I, I live in Virginia, and I mm. went back home to Louisiana for leave to visit some family. And nobody yeah. cares about COVID over there. Like, yeah. I, I showed up and like five members of my family were positive. And I was like, I can't stay with any of you people. So I just, <laughs> oh my god! I, I just had to, yeah, I just had to go back to Virginia. So I didn't even get to spend time with my family. But oh, uh, Jesus. yeah, it sucks that you know some people don't take it seriously. But do you have any plans yeah, yeah. for something on your channel that maybe you haven't attempted before, like uh, some kind of different video idea? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Not really. I don't think that I have anything like big that I've never really tried before, but I guess I'm always sort of delving into new things here and there. So maybe at some point I'll come up with something crazy, but I guess, I guess doing, doing what I already do, but doing it bigger and better is what I'm trying to do. Um, but at some point I'm going to do, at some point I got to do something new. I got to change and, and adapt and whatever. Cause I, that's what I've always done. You know, I went from doing, assassin's creed let's plays to minecraft let's plays and then i started doing assassin's creed news videos and then podcasts and then video essays and then retrospectives and so like things change and everything so um i can't say i've got anything big different planned as of now but uh more of the same and just better so that's really what i'm trying to do and more frequent i'm trying to be a bit more frequent with things is there anything that you've seen someone do that you thought 
like maybe I should do this or or that's seen it and been impressed and thought that it was a good idea. Hmm. I guess when I started making retrospectives, I guess that was kind of it came as an inspiration from watching other people. I guess I always try to make the content that I enjoy watching. So I guess it's a, a subconscious thing, but like I'll see people that make like so Brett for example, Ubisoft Central recently uh well relatively recently started doing a lot of videos outside of ubisoft games i remember he made a bunch of smaller sort of retrospectives on um the mafia games and i remember watching those and being like those are really good like they don't have to be an hour and a half long like they're just really good to the point like goes over everything and talks about why he enjoys or didn't enjoy a certain aspect and i thought that was cool um so like i thought well maybe i can try and make a, some shorter videos not necessarily retrospectives because i feel like sort of my thing is doing those big ones but like when i made my video on mars morales i made it quite a bit shorter than maybe you know i would have done and i thought i could go at it from a different angle as well so that was my thing as well as i always want to go at something from a different angle because there's no point in me uploading a review of a game you know two to three weeks after it's out when you know everyone's watched fucking ign and GameSpot and all these big places it's it's useless there's no need to do a review of a game it's just there's, it's too saturated as a market so i want to bring something to the table that's way more interesting i want to talk about a specific topic like what about this game mattered to me like what was it that stood out to me how can i argue that point and make it interesting for people to learn about it um yeah that's really where i try to come at come at things from that's interesting have you done a mass effect uh retrospective um i've not uh ethan did a big big one uh which was mad like five hours or something i've still not really watched the whole thing but uh, I've not no, I've not done a Mass Effect one. Maybe at some point. I mean, see, I'm one of those guys that uh, hasn't played Mass Effect at all, Ooh. and everybody just talks about it. So I'm thinking about I'll probably get the Legendary Edition when it comes out. Oh yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, do yeah, it. I think so I got to play good, through man. it. Mm. But I man, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about your career and some of the challenges you faced. You know, mm-hmm. this is a new podcast. It's only my fifth episode, and a lot of people would have just passed on this because the numbers didn't add up for them. Uh, but you and Tyler have given me such a warm welcome to the podcasting world, and I'm really grateful for that. Oh, yeah, no worries. It's been good to be here. You're fucking good at doing this. You're fucking natural. Thank you. I don't actually think I'm I'm great at speaking. I have to, like, script it, you know? So I, like, write on a Word document. Right. But I guess part of the process is just doing it over and over again. Practice makes perfect, you know? So yeah, I'm just trying sure, to be yeah. consistent with it. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing how you grow and how you do. Obviously, I'll, you know, when, once this episode comes out, I'll give it a give it a tweet out or whatever uh hopefully some people come over and you can keep doing bits and pieces yeah it's good it's been good well thank you man take care and uh let me know if you need anything yeah you too mate all right later dude thank you for listening to this week's episode of speak of the devil james does amazing work on youtube especially if you're a bit of a nerd like me and you like video games He also does great work with his podcasts and his charity streams. If you want to support James and his brand, consider becoming a patron of As Always Entertainment and subscribing to the Four Pillars Network. And as for me, new episodes will be out every Monday, bright and early, so subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for instant downloads. I've been considering creating a Patreon page, but I'm a little bit hesitant only because this is such a new show. What do you think? Should I do it? Let me know. And if you have any suggestions for guests or topics that you'd like me to cover in a future episode, let me know that as well. Until then... I'm Josh Tavillier. Take care.